Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey, and today I am here with our very own Amanda Cachati. Hi, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you today? So good. So excited to be here. Yay. Excited to have you. I'm going to read your bio so our wonderful listeners can learn a little bit more about you. Amanda began her dance training at age four at a competitive dance studio in the Buffalo, New York area. It's here that she competed on the national level for many years, gaining valuable insight to the competitive dance world and gained a passion and love for dance. Amanda attended Buffalo State College for forensic chemistry and taught dance all throughout her college years, harvesting her love for teaching. After graduation, she realized that dance had been her true calling, and in 2007, she purchased the studio she had been teaching at, Celebrity Dance Emporium. The vision she had for the studio was one that was very different from what the studio actually was at the time. Many years of blood, sweat, and tears have led her to today, where her studio of 300 kids and a staff of 10 flourishes under her direction and mentorship. Her strengths in her business are managing and mentoring her staff to be on board with her vision and a thriving boys program at Celebrity. Amanda has a true love for TAP and has one of the best TAP programs in her area, which is something to be said in the Buffalo area. Like, it's a big TAP town, right? It is is a TAP town for sure. That's awesome. Amanda still has an immense passion for teaching and can be found in the classroom about 15 hours a week. Amanda is a member of Dance Masters of America Chapter 8 and is a graduate of the DMA Teachers Training School, which is held at the University of Buffalo. She's a member of More Than Just Great Dancing, where she is guided by the very wise Misty Lone. Her studio is also a member of YPAD and feels very strongly about keeping kids' kids in the studio setting. Amanda lives in Lockport, New York with her husband, Adam, her cat, Wally, and in her spare time, she loves to read, bike, and drink red wine. She is excited to start her new chapter of her life and embark on the DSO Connect journey with five other amazing women in the dance industry. So welcome, Amanda. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited to have you, not just because of all of your incredible training in dance, but also how you are an amazing leader at your studio, but also specifically how you've been handling COVID at your studio, which I think has been really, it's been quite impressive to watch and and hear about. Thank you. Yeah. And I just have to say, I apologize for my scratchy, sexy jazz singer voice. I've got a little bit of a throat situation going on right now. So I I personally love it. So (laughs) my boyfriend is not a fan. Well, you know, you can't win them all. It's okay. It's like, oh my God, how many packs of cigarettes have you smoked today? <laughs> it does kind of remind me of those days, you know? Right, right. You'd go out drinking and you would smoke and uh-huh. you'd wake up and be like, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm suddenly 80. <laughs> yes, yes absolutely. Okay. So yeah. I'm sorry for this that's going on right now, but we're going to make it. <laughs> we will. So, Amanda, let's start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about your dance journey and how you, um, kind of the atmosphere of the studio you grew up in, and then how you became a studio owner. Sure. Um, I grew up in a rather large studio that was 
probably about um, half an hour from where I am now. So I'm still in contact with um, the owner on a fairly regular basis and we're not in competition at all. But growing up, the studio was large, uh, very large and very competitive. So it was dress code, um, you know, 10 plus classes a week, um, auditions, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a lot. Um, I'm so grateful for the training that I received from uh, Patty, uh, Patty Neal. She actually um, is, uh, she does, works with Re with Idea. So um, she's a very brilliant woman and cool. I love her dearly. And she still owns the studio that you grew up going to? Yep, she still owns the studio. And fun fact, um, my office manager is her niece. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so it's, um, it's kind of a weird, like, connection kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I grew up, uh, you know, loving, actually loving ballet. <laughs> ballet oh, was, was my jam growing up. And um, I actually quit dance for a couple years in high school. My parents got divorced. And as you do, you rebel. And many went down the wrong path for a couple years and realized, obviously, that dance was my true calling. So I went to school for forensics, and which is, I know so random but i do have a bs no i love i love that because didn't heather also go to school heather, for criminal justice? yeah heather went for criminal justice i think yeah, yeah. you guys could start, how like it goes together for some reason you could start like a a dance teacher uh dancing investigation team that would be <laughs> a show that i would watch that would be great i would love that <laughs> so yeah well, is that kid actually sick? Amanda and Heather find out. <laughs> no, you can't put anything. Wait, the case of the missing jazz shoe. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, but yeah, it, um, you know, I went to, I, I was dancing in college. Like I took, you know, like I took electives and mm -hmm. dance because nobody wants to draw or do anything else in college as their art requirement. And, uh, right. So I, I, I did dance in college, and then my cousin, um, Michelle, actually was teaching at this studio that I now own while I was in college, and she was like, I think you should just, like, come and take class. Like, the owner would be super cool with you, just, like, coming, you know, I just want you to, like, dance again, you know? So I did, and I ended up dancing there, you know, like, whatever, for a couple years, and I started teaching at another studio in my area. And um, the lady had asked me if I would teach. So I did start teaching there and I was still going to college. So I was teaching dance, you know, at two different studios and I was going for forensics. And then um, one day Janine just pulled me aside. Janine was the previous owner and just was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to sell the studio. I, I just wanted to let you know, you know, whatever. And I didn't say anything uh, to her at that point, but I went home and told my mom, so I think I'm going to buy the studio that I teach <laughs> at. And my mom like freaked out. Oh my gosh. 
spend so much money on college and blah, blah, you know, you know, the normal parent thing to do. It wasn't about dance being my job. It was just that I was on a completely different path and right. it was like, like, let's go this way. So, um, I approached Janine and she was so very kind to sit down with me and she sold it to me, no interest and no money down with just a promissory note that I would pay her an X amount of dollars a month for five years. Yeah. That's amazing. So I count my blessings every day for her because when you're now, mind you, I bought this studio, um, in 2007. So I was 23 and Oh my gosh. That's amazing. You know, who knows? At least I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I was 20. <laughs> like I look back now and I'm like, how was I allowed to even like own this business? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so she was, uh, she really did a lot for me and she stayed on the first year that I owned just to help me transition. And, uh, you know, here I am 13 years later. And when I bought the studio, there was like 80 kids. So, um, and now you're over 300. Yeah. I'm just, well, now I'm like right at 300 COVID has, you know, slightly tipped it, taken a chunk out of your student population a little bit, but (laughs) nothing, nothing too major. And hopefully we'll gain those kids back in the fall. But yeah, it's, it's been an, an, it's been a crazy, you know, ride, but yeah, that's essentially my story. Um, I don't know. As far as tap, you know, goes, I really didn't get into tap until college. Um, I hated tap dance when I was growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. I literally hated it. And I think it was very much due to the atmosphere. The class that I was in growing up was super competitive. Like the dance mom like the moms would if you messed up or something happened the moms would go after you like it was it was very cutthroat wow I think the atmosphere had a lot to do with that and then once I was out of the studio setting and I was able to like take class just to take class like in the tap community that's when I really was like oh, this is like how tap dance is supposed to be. This is way different than what I did growing up. So that's kind of, and I've done a lot of training, a lot of educating myself to to make up for those years that I hated my life in tap class. <laughs> that's great. Good for you. I Yeah, I, I hated tap growing up too because I was a little bunhead or I, I wanted to be. <laughs> I've never quite had the body for ballet, but that was my first love and passion. And I think tap was just so antithetical to everything that ballet is that my mind just couldn't wrap my head around it being a valid art form. Absolutely. I actually think tap and ballet are similar. And I I think that's why I flocked them so much because I feel like um, tap and ballet are very like, you learn this and this and this and this and this. Mm. And I am very much a type A 
introverted. I, I like rules. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a like rule. Structure? I like structure and I like rule following. So I think that for me, and, and I still, like I love classic jazz. I could talk for days about jazz class too, but I'm um, like hip hop, not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, although that didn't exist, I'm sure for you as well, growing up, like, it, right. well, it, like in my studio, it's like, it was funky jazz. It wasn't hip hop. Jazz funk. Jazz funk, yes. Um, I can do a mean step touch or like a Roger Rabbit, but that's about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for me anyways, when, I te- when I'm teaching, I don't know, I, even though they're like so different, even just the way that your body's carried, um, mm-hmm. I think that they are similar in the way that the thought process of them is like the building blocks of them. That's really, that's a really interesting point. And I, I never made that connection before that like, be, like it's so, like the curriculum is so clear the steps all have names they're very like everything is scaffolded on top of one another you can't learn c before you learn a and b that sort of thing but yeah that makes a lot of sense and just like the structure of an exercise it's symmetrical it's repetitive Mm -hmm. like you do three in a break on the right and three in a break on the left you do four ronda jumps on the right and then four ronda jumps on the left like it's very it is the same that's really interesting? interesting Yeah, like the analytical side of my brain, Yeah, which is where like the chemistry and all uh-huh. of that, that is like, I love that. Like I crave that. Yeah, um, that you just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like improv was very hard for me growing up. Like yes. very hard for me. I threw, and modern didn't exist also in my studio either. Like I didn't grow up taking modern. Um, It wasn't until college, I obviously took modern in college and um, I took modern at the DMA teacher training school, you have to test in modern. So that was so hard for me because um, A, I was like grew up ballerina and like tap dancer and then modern is just like the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, you know, even the concepts, while there are concepts and techniques, it's not the same. It's not the same regimented thing. Mm-hmm. So it was so hard for me, but I'm so thankful that I did it because like, I feel comfortable with it. Like I pushed myself out of my comfort yeah, zone. That's great. Yeah. So talk to me about your experience at DMA because I, as an educator, had never even heard of it until you told me about it. Um, DMA or the training school? Sorry, the training school. Okay. Yeah, the training, the training um, school. It is great. I think that it's a super great um, starting point for your teach, not starting point, but like to refine your skills. If I could send all of my staff there, like every year I would. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a four-year program and it's essentially like dance, it's like college dance in like a super short, like four year, you go one week a year for four years. And- Wow, it's uh, just one week. It's one week, but it is like one It's like 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Wow. Monday through Friday, and then like they do a, a showcase. Oh, cool. At the end, in each level that you're in, like 
level one, per, they learn the Lindy Hop and they perform it. And like level three, you learn the Shim Sham Shimmy and you perform it. So they, they, you know, each year is something different. Mm -hmm. um, but all of the professors that are on staff at UB for the dance department pretty much run it. So, right. yeah, they um, they do bring in some people, but um, it's it's wonderful. So, like, year one is beginner year. Year two is intermediate. As far as teaching, like, you're teaching mm -hmm. intermediate kids. Year three is advanced. And then year four is your testing year. Um, so... I feel so thankful that it's in Buffalo. Like it's, there's only one, there used to be two schools, one on the West coast and one on the East coast. And they got rid of the West coast one and they just do the East coast now. But I learned so many valuable things. I made so many amazing friends and connections that mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever have made before. Um, and it, it validated me as a teacher. Mm, that's wonderful. I think that in this industry, we so often we crave validation and we don't ever really get it. And a lot of people are constantly knocking other people down online for, th you know, it's just a lot of negativity for some reason not always like i love our community is fantastic and i'm so grateful for dso connect and what we have kind of put together um what you started but there are you know you know some places where it's not like that right so being able to test like there are four four different tests for each level or each um not each level i'm sorry for each genre like okay. that you have and um you know you do a vocab test you do a demonstrative test where there is like they bring in somebody that stands in front of the room and they'll do like a tondu and you have to write down tondu and you get you have to spell it correctly and there's like a hundred a hundred wow like for each class there is a teaching portion so you have to go into a room with your peers and you there's four piles and you pick one card off of each pile and whatever those steps are you have to on the spot make up like a 32 count of eight combination and you have to teach it wow. to your peers and there is somebody sitting in the front of the room judging you <laughs> and they judge <laughs> they judge because they're old <laughs> they're a little old and crotchety so they just sit there and the worst is when they're like are you sure that's what it is and you're like I don't know I mean I you know so there was that and then there was another where you, there was like a concept where you go in a room by yourself with a um you know, what, uh, what do you call the person that gives the test? An adjudicator? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't like, adjudicator, I just think of judge for competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are like, con there are like questions in each pile. Like for jazz, one of the questions I got was like, um, explain all four parts to a body wave. 
Oh, interesting. And you had to go through like flat back, release, contract, hinge, and like talk about it. Um, or like, what is an appropriate ab exercise for a beginning level jazz student and why? And then you would have to show them and like explain. So all of these things are just for each, you have to do that for every right. genre. Every style. Wow. So um, I feel like it really, it built my confidence as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And it validated me. And then you can go back every year if you want to. They have like a, an advanced level. So like once you've tested, then you can just go back and refresh and take class if you choose to. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a great experience. I would highly recommend it. I know you can just like test to be in D- And if you pass, then you automatically become a member of DMA where you don't, you know, everybody else would have to like test into their chapter. Mm-hmm. You would just be a member. That's great. I love that. So have you been able to send any of your staff there? I have not yet. Um, but I have a crop of kids that are going to be graduating this upcoming year that have been in my assistant teacher training program. Mm-hmm. And I think I will send them to that. I think it will really benefit them. Yeah. Um, I have sent teachers to like the training program through more than just great dancing. I took two teachers to Wisconsin two years mm-hmm. ago for that, but I haven't done the, I haven't taken them to that yet. That's wonderful. Very <laughs> cool. So tell us about a little bit about, um, what you what what happened between when you bought the studio and now where you have 300 dancers and started with 80 like what changes did you implement how did you like what do you attribute that growth in students to um i can i attribute a lot of it to the space um I know that it's such a cliche thing, but I really do believe like if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And um, we were in a barn before this space that I'm in now. And it was like a one room, 1200 square foot place. Like it was small and we continue to grow. Like the first year I, I owned it, it was roughly 80 kids. And I just kind of didn't really do anything because I didn't want to step on anybody's toes and I didn't want to lose any kids. But the previous owner was very, like this wasn't her main job. She was a special education teacher and she just kind of did this on the side. Um, and it would be like kids coming in off the street like in jeans for dance class mm-hmm. and you know people not paying their bills and owing crap tons of money right and it got to the point where I was like okay I can't do this anymore like this is not how I want my business to be run and how no. I envision my studio to be run so I kind of had to rip the band-aid off a little bit and I lost quite a bit of kids and really? there was that was the year that I was scrambling to pay rent for mm-hmm. a year. Like it was, I made it through, but it was a rough year. And what and, were those changes that you made that year? Um, just like getting a computer, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like like that kind of stuff. Um, the kids had to wear, you know, they had to wear dance attire. Um, mm-hmm. People could not take class if they owed money. Mm. Um, That was a huge one. 
And I was screamed at by fathers telling me I didn't know how to run my business when they had owed the studio like three grand. And it's like, because I'm asking you to pay money that you owe from, you know, six months ago. So it was really rough and it took a toll on me emotionally for sure. I remember really just, you know, like, oh my God. But the next year I doubled in size. Wow. So I kind of had to weed out just all those bad apples Mm -hmm. and the people that honestly believed in what I did stuck with me and we, you know, gained new. And then from there, we just continued to pretty much grow every year. And more than just great dancing has been um, a godsend to me as well. Mm -hmm. That has definitely helped me boost. There was like a couple years where I was kind of stuck at like the 200 level. And not that I'm ever like, I'm going to have 700 students or, you know, like I don't really have a goal. I don't want a huge school, mm-hmm. but I did notice there was a year where I, a couple of years where I plateaued and I didn't really gain. And um, I do feel like they more than just great dancing really helped me get through, over that hump, but also helped me become a better leader to my okay. staff and my kids. So I think that kind of helped things too. That's great. So what are some important leadership lessons that you've learned along the way? Um, I think really learning to listen is a huge one and um, not being afraid to ask for help. I think that was a really big one for me. Uh, I'm a very proud person. <laughs> I think we all are as studio. Yeah. And we, all yeah. think, we all think we can do it like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we are, we never ask for help and we bury ourselves. We wait till the last minute. Mm-hmm. How many of us are procrastinators? So many. I know I am. I'm pretty sure we all are. I was just talking to somebody the other day and I can't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about auditions, I think. And I was like, well, I work best under pressure. So like, let's go. Like, it's just how it is. And, um, when I finally realized that my staff was there for me mm-hmm. and wanted to help, like them, me asking them for help actually em- empowered them and made them feel more like they were a part of, you know what I mean, of, yeah. of it. So Definitely. that, and, and I think becoming really clear on what my vision of the studio was and conveying that to my staff on a regular basis has changed um, how the studio is run on drastically. Yeah. I think the clearer you can become on what you want, the better <laughs> it's going to be. And I mean, I had no idea. It took a lot of soul searching. I'm like, I don't know. I just want to dance. I don't know. Like, you know, to really, really think about like what you, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? I think that was a huge turning point for me as, as yeah, a- I had, I had, I think, I feel like I had a similar turning point and I think, I think starting DSO Connect helped me get there, but there was a point where I was so focused on technique and so focused on the outcome that I wasn't really paying attention to what the experience was for students and parents. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I was just focused on, you know, having the best dance studio and having the strongest dancers that I was losing kids because although they were getting a great education, they weren't having a good experience because I, you know, like we were making them cry. (laughs) And so I had to like step back and really evaluate like, what's the point if, if they're not having a good time, if they're not feeling positively about coming to dance class, then there's no point. Amen. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing with studio owners is the Mm -hmm. the struggle between technique and like the business, because most studio owners, not all, but 90% of studio owners own are owning a studio because they they love teaching dance and they want to basically be their own boss but they're not thinking about the business end of it when you i mean i know i wasn't when i bought the studio i'm like i'm gonna change the world with all of my amazing tandus that i'm teaching and like that you know and but i didn't think about how I was presenting things to my clients. Like I didn't, I didn't have that mentality. It was just completely solely focused, like you said, on the kids on, but like not in like on the kids, like you're amazing. Like on the kids, like I'll be damned if you don't get that soda shah, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, um, I think that's a huge turning point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is. Yeah. For me too. I, I went to a dance recital in my area and this one studio has like 500 kids. Wow. And the dance, the dancers are awful, Casey. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that, I'm not saying that in a, like, you know, they're just, they're all recreational dancers. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Cause there's a place for that. But I, I really like sat there and was like, why are all of these people coming back? Like that was the moment that like the light bulb went off when I was like, okay, so these parents don't care about the technical end of it. They care about their kid, how their kid is treated and how, and they care about the community and, and how they feel how this studio owner is making them feel a part of something special. And yeah, yeah that's exactly it. That's and, there's, it and there's a way, there's a way to teach technically proficient dance. Yes. yes. With that atmosphere. Yes. So that's where I'm at because I cannot have a studio where my kids like I'm a, te- I'm a technician again, mm-hmm. analytical brain, right? You know, I am a technician. I love technique I'm like a technique junkie uh, and I'm constantly trying to better my kids, but I really changed the way I was teaching Mm -hmm. and I changed what I was, how I was coming across to my families and I changed how I was training my staff. Like I changed to start training my staff in how to deal with parents and how to speak to them and why, how they teach and the mannerisms that they use in class are important to what we do, you know? So it, it, it really has come, it's come a long way, but for sure. That's beautiful. So how many staff do you have right now? Right now I have nine. I actually had one resign, you know, 
Nothing like losing a staff member in the midst of COVID and all that. It's like, why not? Just get it all done with now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. So do you have a replacement for her? I think so. Um, I, it's hard because she came in for an interview two days before we shut down for COVID. Oh gosh. And she, and yes. So it was a little like, um, the interview was okay. Um, mm-hmm. but we, um, had her teach on zoom as like a guest teacher mm-hmm. and that went pretty well. So, we are going, I'm hopeful that we can be back in the studio somewhat soon and I will be able to bring her in and, you know, cause even teaching over zoom is so different than being in the class. Oh yeah. Well, and you can't see how they're connecting with the kids. No. And, and I could tell she was nervous and yeah. I did, I don't know how much she's actually taught over zoom. So like mm-hmm. I would try, you know what I mean? I don't want to hold that like anything against her or whatever I'd really but the kids responded to her well so I'm gonna bring her in and and hopefully um it will be a good fit for us but she seems like a really a really great replacement so cross our fingers that because ballet good ballet teachers are hard to come by I mean I know I know people say good tap teachers are hard to come by but I feel like I mean good really good anything teachers are hard to come by let's be real (laughs) It's, it's so true. It is so true. So here's to hoping for that. Well, good luck. I hope that works out for you. Thanks. Yeah, me too. So of your nine, how many are teachers and how many are admin? I have three admin and then the rest are teachers. Cool. One of my admin is an office manager and she works full time 40 hours a week. Wow. Not now, because we're done now. Like sure. our our year is done, so she's cut down to like twenty four hours a week. Um, but yes, the rest are teachers. And do you? Does she have benefits, or how does that work? She does not, um, because she is still on her mom's insurance. Oh, that's nice. So it doesn't really affect me right now. Um, but I am. I think she's got like two more years on her mom's insurance. So I'm hopeful that I can, you know, be able to offer her something by that point. It was a little scary going in like this is my first full-time employee besides. Yeah. But I will tell you, it has been amazing. Really? Casey, she organized and ordered all of my costumes this year for me. I did nothing except for sit next to her and type in my credit card number. Wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> it, it was it was a moment. <laughs> I was like, can I just can I just take this moment to reflect? Normally I would be like in my house, hold up, I haven't showered in three days. I'm trying to get all these damn costumes ordered. And I just strolled in, typed my credit card number in and was like, peace, I'm out. Like it was it was Oh my God. Were you so nervous about their about her making mistakes? I was and there was we had a like 15 costume exchanges this year, which is high for us. But I knew that I had, we all know as studio owners that we have this control issue. And um, I was constantly having to just tell myself, Amanda, you have to just let her do it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guided her and you know what I mean? But I 
I had to consciously let her make the mistake or right. not make the mistake. And honestly, it really turned out well. She even did all of my exchanges for me. I didn't even have to do that. Like wow. she really did everything. So yeah, it was, it was worth that alone was yeah. worth me. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. And she manages my other staff member, my other admin. So that was another thing because I was getting, I mean, you know, you get text messages like all hours of the day about this. And I was, I needed to focus on, I needed to focus on the teaching end of it because I really felt like I needed to continue to develop my staff as mm -hmm. better leaders in the classroom and continuing education is something that I am so huge on. Um, so I wanted to be able to, you know, work with the teachers and she would pretty much work with the admin. So they don't even text me. They, she does their scheduling, everything. And I That's mean, great. yeah, it's, it's been really, really nice. That's awesome. I, yeah, I think like having an admin team is like where a lot of studio owners kind of level up. <laughs> yes, I think if there is one thing that you can do as a studio owner is to hire a front desk person. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for eight hours a week, right. like that I think is a game changer. Yeah, at least just to have someone's butt in a seat while you are teaching. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it separates your face from the business in a way. Like, yes, I'm the owner, but like when somebody owes money, yeah. they don't think about, I don't think that they're thinking that about it directly about me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they owe the studio. They don't owe. And, and I can just be like, if somebody comes up to me and is like, well, I don't know why I owe this. And I'll go, I'm sorry. That's Rachel's department. Yeah. Robin talks about that all the time. You can go talk to Rachel and she will be glad to help you out. But I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Even though I do. But it's just nice because... I don't know. We're just so emotional. Why are we so emotional as business owners, Casey? I don't understand. I, I still, and I'm not an emotional person. You know me. I am the yes. most like black and white person ever. Yes. Very like, black and white, very cut and dry, very to the point. Yeah, I am very much so. But for some reason, when somebody is like mean to you in an email because they owe money. It's like the world has ended. Yes. And well, and you take everything personally because it's such a personal business. So much of our heart and soul goes into it. It's not like we're selling insurance or something, you yes. know, like it is. We're not selling a pro. I mean, we are selling a product, I guess, but like our art, it's art. That's why, because right. yeah. art, art is subjective and it's personal and we carry that over to the business end of things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to like shield myself from a lot of that has helped me become a better owner. I That's think. great. Yeah. And then you're able to just be the person with the warm fuzzies associated with them. 
Yes. Although I don't think I'm the person with the warm fuzzies. <laughs> like Rachel is. And that's why, I mean, she's the face of my business. When people walk in, they see her. They don't yeah. see me. Most people are afraid. Like I'm principal Amanda. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. I love my kids and I, I love teaching, but I also do not put up with anything. And they all know that, that they can't like, I do you know how many times I have parents that will email me and I will tell them no. And then they will email Rachel. <laughs> like they think that. Oh my gosh. Rachel that's so funny. Oh yeah. And like if you don't talk to one another. It's like, it's like mom and dad, right? Like, oh, well, mom said no, but I'm going to go ask dad and maybe he'll let me go out. Like, that's literally what it is. And that's so funny. Yeah. But uh, I think that you have to run a tight ship a little bit for things to stay. Well, yeah, and to have clear expectations. Yep. Uh, Brene Brown, who I love, says clear is kind. And I, if I could broadcast that everywhere I would it has it has been a revelation for me that like clear is kind how much have I not been clear even with my staff on the stupidest little things where I just like assume Mm -hmm. that they know and they don't and I've done them a disservice as a leader so I think that's just what you got to do you got to be clear about everything absolutely I love that So tell us about COVID and how you've, how you've adapted and what you've done at your studio and, and how all of that is going. Oh, COVID. Oh, COVID. I know. I'm like, ugh. Um, so we are done actually, but when we, when COVID hit, we took a week off. So our spring break would have been like, I don't even, I can't even remember anymore, but like maybe the end of March or something like that. But we took that first week off as our spring break and we got everything. Rachel built a website from scratch. Um, We had all the teachers coming in because at that point it wasn't like, like we had canceled classes, but they hadn't totally put everything on pause like it was you Mm -hmm. know my staff could still come in so we did as much pre-recorded videos as we could and we got everybody up and running on zoom by the next week and we pretty much just ran on zoom for eight weeks and we ended the season when we would have Mm mm-hmm but we haven't done a recital yet and I'm hopeful I didn't want to cancel and I don't I know a lot of people did virtual recitals I just don't it's not for me I would mm-hmm. rather do some kind of in person even if it's like one class at a time in my studio so we're just kind of holding off right now but um yeah it was I think for me the community is what got me through mm. Yeah, Uh, my studio community, like tapping into that puzzle piece of my business is what got everybody on board Mm -hmm. and staying with us for as long as they did. What are some ways that you kind of encouraged your community to stay as to stay as a unit during it? I think I think just 
Well, we have a few, I have a few parents that are really big cheerleaders for us and are very vocal in our group. So I think that helps a lot, but we just didn't stop. Like we were in their face all the time. We did, you know, Mondays, we did mindful Mondays where we did face uh, meditation and all sorts of stuff. And then Tuesdays was story time with Miss Jackie and Wednesdays were, were wellness Wednesdays talking about nutrition and all of this. And Thursdays were a staff Q&A. So every week a different staff member got on Facebook Live and they did Q&A. And Friday was like our, our fun Friday day. And we did all different types of things from birthday parties on Zoom for the kids that couldn't celebrate to family hip hop night to, you know, I, a whole slew of it. We even then turned that into a guest teaching slot. And each week, every Friday, we had a guest teacher come teach a class that I just offered free to the kids. Like I ate the cost. I had a girl from Mean Girls on Broadway do a class. Um, Trish from DSO Connect came Mm -hmm. and taught a hip hop class. I mean, so we, um, I think we just continued to give and give. And I think that was the biggest and, and I was very transparent with my families. Like I was always in communication with them. I sent things out on a weekly basis. And I, I really think that helped me tremendously. I think, I don't know. <laughs> you are in my, you are in my. Uh, I know I am in your, your Facebook group for your families. And I just was like continually absolutely flabbergasted with how much you were doing in there and like I mean you made me feel like I wasn't doing enough (laughs) for my families because you were like there was always something and you had your weekly challenges and yes the challenges I forgot yeah that was a big one we really because one of our cornerstones of our values of my studio is giving back to the community that's something I believe really strongly in and I think that it's super important to teach the kids that Mm -hmm. um so we picked a different like com- like community challenge. Like one week it was everybody was going to make cards for the hospital workers and they were going to drop oh, them off in our lot. One week we did, we do a performance at a senior center every year. Mm-hmm. So since the senior centers were like on lockdown, like right. nobody could come in and see them. All the kids made cards for the senior citizens That's and wonderful. we dropped them off. Um, we did a painted rock challenge where they all had to paint rocks and go hide them around town just to spread positivity. Um, I mean, we just tried to do as much, you know, that we could, we did dance challenges, all sorts of things. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. And you had really good response responses to those. We did. We did. We put a bucket. It was like a cat litter box, you know, like the big buckets, the cat litter comes in. Yes. (laughs) Had my little, we like put some paper, construction paper around it was like community challenge box and like set it in my foyer. And every week I would go in and there would just be like 50 cards in there from people just dropping them off. And I honestly, I think it was just the fact that they could go somewhere and drop something off at that point was huge but yeah yeah when I had my costume pickup day I think a lot of people were just like oh my god a reason to leave the house yes oh absolutely absolutely so um it 
I'm so thankful that my families were so on board with everything, but it also, I think, showed me how important, like even more so than I already knew, how important community is to your studio. Yes. So like if you're not tapping into it, you need to start because Mm -hmm. that's really what's going to push you forward, but also save you. I mean, God forbid, who knows what else is going to happen. I mean... But yeah, I didn't really, I didn't have any issues. Like my kids were, you know, gung ho about Zoom. We did like theme weeks and we did one week. I had a kid for, we did Christmas in May for a week. So all the kids got to wear Christmas outfits and we use Christmas music in class. And I had a kid that literally showed up to Zoom and like pulled out her Christmas trees and like decorated her entire house for Christmas. I'm like, you win, the, you win the award, but I, you know, it was, a, it was something for them to do. So yeah, that's great. I love that. That's awesome. So what are your reopening plans looking like? Um, well, <laughs> as, as you know, I am in New York, so I am in like the worst state of them all as far as COVID is concerned. And um, we are in phase two right now, Uh, but that doesn't help me. We're technically phase four. Studios are? Yes. That's what they're telling us, although they're not really listing us under anything, so it's kind of hard. So we've been trying to advocate for ourselves, and um, me and another studio owner who is also a part of More Than Just Great Dancing basically wrote a letter with a detailed plan of what we would be doing for reopening and we held a webinar for all of the studios in our area and we asked them all to sign it and we had a ton of studios sign it we then submitted it to everybody we could possibly on the county level on you know the state level and um, we did get a breakthrough today. We actually talked to somebody on the phone, which is like unheard of. Like and somebody like at the governor's office? Not at the governor's office, but um, I guess there's this development company that is in charge of reading through all of the like people for you to state your case as to why you should be open. And... Um, we talked to him for a bit and he said while dance studios right now are stage four he feels like we have a case for reopen so he gave us gave us his personal cell phone number and told us that we were to call him every three days to continue to check in as he investigated a little bit further wow i'm trying not to get super hopeful but here's the thing like in new york phases are just non-existent like restaurants are supposed to be phase three but they all of a sudden allowed patios to be open in phase two so now all of these restaurants have these crowded ass patios with people not social distancing the governor announced today that in june at the end of june he was going to allow graduations to happen outside with 150 people or less what so how are you going to tell me that you can have we you can have graduation outside with 150 people but i can't have one 
kid in my studio and do a private lesson, just two wow. people in the building. So I think it really boils down to money at this point, unfortunately. I think it's very, I know that they, you know, Cuomo has been very quick to state that it is, it is not about politics, but how is it that like the NFL training camps can open in New York state what? and train their athletes? Yeah. No way. But like, we can't open our private business and have like four kids in our studio. To me, that just tells me that the people that have money are the ones that are, are able right. to move forward. So, so that means that it's time for us to advocate for ourselves. Well, and that's essentially what that's we did. Good. I said awesome. like, a lot of studio owners didn't were very hesitant at first. I'm like, look at guys, we don't. The dance studio is like this weird industry because we're not regulated by the government. We you don't need a license to be a studio owner. You don't need any technically any. Joe Schmo could open a dance studio if they really right. wanted. Right. And there's no, there's no like governing body over us. Yeah. Like in even like gymnastics, there's like the whatever association, you know, mm-hmm. and cheer has got an association and like all of the professional services, you need a license. Like you need a license to be a dog groomer, but you don't need a license to teach dance to children. So um, because of that, it's kind of screwing us. Mm hmm you know, we don't want government interaction in our business as, as an art form, but because, because we don't have that in times like this, we're kind of fucked, you know? (laughs) So, so it's like that we have to advocate for ourselves and we have to prove that we have degrees and we have, um, you know, certifications and, we are part of associations and all of these things, just like all these other professional services. So why can't we open? Like we can't even have a class outside right now. Like that's just so crazy. So, so right now um, we still aren't open. I am allowed to have staff in my building though. Oh, so so that, yeah, they, they are allowing us to have staff in the building. So that's a positive Um, so we are just going ahead with like getting everything ready Mm -hmm. for reopen for whenever it does. Um, so I have put out all of my guidelines to my families to like, let them know, like, we don't have a date yet, but this is, I just want you to feel safe and know that we're doing everything in our power to move forward. Right. And, um, we're kind of at a standstill until that point. I do think we'll be like, they said summer camps can open on June 28th. Wow. But we've still, again, not had the go ahead. So I can't imagine how we couldn't have like a class outside. Yeah. If summer camps can open. So I'm thinking that we'll probably be able to have summer classes in some capacity, but, um, it's kind of a waiting game right now. I don't know. I honestly don't know what the hell is going to happen. I mean, are you guys, are you open? No, no, I'm not. And I, um, I think we are technically, I think phase two because gyms are considered phase two. Um, and right now that means that in Virginia, we are 
and I could be wrong on this because I haven't been keeping up with all of the latest um, statements from the governor in the past week or two, but um, my understanding is that we're allowed to have an outdoor class with 10 or fewer people. Well, you're lucky. Based 10 feet apart. Hmm. So I'm working on like scheduling a pop-up class outside. There's a like an empty space in our shopping center where I can, you know, maybe put, throw out some tap boards and have a tap class, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my you God. Know? Something like die. that. I would give anything to have. I know. Like a tap class in person. Oh my gosh. A girl. Right. Exactly. So we're, we're going to be doing some of that. Um, and then my plan right now is that we're going to be filming our recital August 1st and 2nd, and we'll have a four-week session leading up to that with two weeks on Zoom and then two weeks in the studio. That sounds great. Yeah, because I couldn't just wait anymore. <laughs> like, maybe we won't be allowed to do that on August 1st and 2nd, and then maybe we'll have to readjust the plan, but I had to, I had to plan something. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. We are having picture day June 28th. Nice. Um, because professional services are open. So mm. Gary is a photographer and he is a professional service. So he technically is running his business just out of my studio. Like he's just yeah. doing um, So we, we're only doing individuals, but I feel like it will at least give the kids something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. We called a pumpkin farm today to see if they were interested in letting us do our recital there. <laughs> huh. well, a pumpkin it's farm. Like an entire open field. Like the people could probably, our parents could just drive up and stay in their car and like we could lay down some flooring and have. I love it. So I, we are just trying to be as resourceful as we possibly can. I yeah. Mean, what else can you do? Right. Right. And the kids are, you know, our kids are great. Like we did our auditions online. We did our team banquet online and that went over well, but you can tell like we're, we're ready to be back yeah. in the studio at some capacity. Yeah, definitely. They're kind of over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've been good. We've, we've had like three weeks off though. It's been really nice to not teach on zoom it's just yeah. you know it's mentally draining and for i am super introverted so i can only be around people for so long before i need to peace out and yeah and being on zoom is so it's exhausting in such a different way because you have to emote that much more yes yeah and you don't get like the feedback. That feedback. You yeah. don't feel back. So you're just like performing for exactly. nothing. For like blank faces. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so it was really draining on me. Uh, so I am, I can't even believe that I am saying that I like miss being around people because <laughs> I don't even talk to my neighbors if I don't have to. Like it's definitely a running joke that my husband has with me. Like, are you going to talk to the neighbors today? Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I miss being, I miss being around, you know, just having people in the building. I would give anything to talk to parents right now. I mean, yeah, exactly. 
Isn't it? It totally is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, and when we did like a t-shirt pickup too kind of thing and uh, like you did your costume pickup, mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking when you saw those kids and like you can't hug them and like yeah. they're crying. I had one mom that messaged me that she, her kid cried the whole way home. Oh because she just wants to dance and it's like oh my gosh like how what do you even say to that you know heartbreaking yeah yeah and it's like you're honored in a way but also so sad for them but it's so important to get those reminders because like it's I don't know about you but like it's been so hard to keep going it's a thing I mean our our business is a thankless job Uh, yeah yeah. In, in itself, like, you know, if you get a card from somebody, it's like, oh my God, you care about me? Yes. Like, you get an email, like, that is nice? Oh, my God. Yes. It, because people don't don't stop to, to thank you all the time, you know? Right. And, right. and it's okay. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not upset about that. I, to- I love my job, and I accept what, you know, because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. But it is it is nice to, to have that reminder once in a while because sometimes you need that to keep going. Honestly, Absolutely. like uh, you sometimes need it's, you need that validation. Yes. 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 It's like, what the hell am I doing this for? Right. <laughs> Why? What am I doing this for? And then, you know, you get that card in the mail from that kid that hand drew you a picture and you're like, okay, this is, I'm, okay. I'm back on track. I understand. Thank you, God, for just like yep. putting that sign back to me, you know, but I feel like I needed a lot more of those in the past month than I normally do. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. But before we go, um, I want us each to share something that has made our hearts happy in the last week or two. Oh, man, I got to think about that. <laughs> I know, isn't it sad that it's like hard to find something? <laughs> no. What has made my heart happy in the past week or two? Um, I think it would probably be seeing my staff, being able to be in the same um, building as my staff over this past week has been really wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. Being able to be like, guys, it's just like old time. <laughs> We're going to sit a little farther apart, but it's okay, you know? Right. Yeah. That, that has really, um, I love those ladies so much, and they do so much for me, and it, it it's just nice to be able to be back in the company of people, um, like-minded people, you know, but like in person. Right. Like. I'm online with like-minded people, like studio owner friends. and Yeah, and but seeing them face-to-face is so yeah. different. I it's think so that's been my, my takeaway for this week. That's How about great. you? I think mine was definitely costume pickup day. I had um, a Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. where I just sat at a table outside on the sidewalk and I, you know, rolled out different garment racks and I had, you know, each class or each level had their pickup window. And um, it was just, like you said, it was just so validating to like see people in person. I had so many parents and students thank me for 
keeping classes going online and for all the work that we've put in and it was so nice to hear that and it was so nice to see people in person and to see my students and you know I got a couple of cards and little gifts from from students too and it was just it was so it was so nice it's not even about the cards or the gifts you know no no not at all it's about what that means what it all represents it, it, yeah. it's about you actually seeing for the very first time at least this is what it was for me how much your business impacts people yes because like you see it but like you see it you don't see it right you know when when it's like taken away from somebody and you have parents like crying in the car that they're so thankful for you and all you've done and you see these it's like okay I get it. So I feel you, girl. I feel yeah. you. And I think there's like that, that nagging feeling that probably a lot of business owners feel like we're not doing enough ever. But it was so no, nice to hear to like, oh my gosh, they like, they think I've done a lot. It feels like I've done the bare minimum, but they're like, oh my God, thank you so much for everything. And I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, that's the, that's all you can ask for. Exactly. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been yeah. lovely. To talk thank to you. you for having me. And I really hope that um, I'm super excited about the retreat coming. Yes. Up. Let's before we jump off, let's talk about the retreat real quick. So the retreat is July 14th through, through 16th. Mm -hmm. It is a virtual retreat. Amanda, do you want to talk about anything that we're putting into the retreat that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I'm just excited to be able to connect with everybody online. I mean, I'm super sad that we're not going to be able to do it in person because, right. I mean, I love all of you guys and yeah. there's nothing like being together, but I cannot wait to just share with everybody and grow as studio owners and teachers. And we have so many exciting things in the works. Um, yes. So many, so many great presentations. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And we really hope that you'll get a ton out of it. So yeah, let's talk about the, the schedule real quick. So um, the first day, July 14th is a Tuesday. It is for studio owners only. And we, um, the, the DSO Connect ladies are going to be presenting um, business related topics. We've got things about how to um, transition, how to reassess your studio and kind of transition it in this, in this, the phrase we all love to hate, the new normal. <laughs> But it's so true. Like I'm offering a Zoom track this upcoming fall season. Exactly. Yeah. So like, things like that, how to, how to adapt, how to, how to move forward and, but still adapt. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of our topics. You're going to be talking about leadership and how to lead your team. Um, we've building got, community. I'll be talking about too. Yes. Building community. We're also going to be talking about marketing um, and a bunch of other things as well. So that's Tuesday the 14th. The next day, Wednesday the 15th, is all in-studio teacher content. So we're, we've got, um, I think you're doing Jazz Fundamentals, is that right? No, actually Heather's, oh. doing, Heather's doing Jazz Fundamentals. I'm actually super excited. We are going to be doing how to build your TAP curriculum. Yay. And I am planning on everybody built like literally we are going to sit down 
And my hope is at the end of this class that you will have a curriculum. Oh my God, I love that. I think that's one of the biggest pain points for a lot of people is like, what do you teach? When do you teach it? Right. How How do you you build? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. um, I really wanted to do like a tap class and I've actually um Heather thinks that I should do like a, a DSO connect tap class on zoom and just oh my god I would love that like like some teacher classes like a four-week teacher class like thing she's that she would keeps, be amazing yeah like even through zoom and so that's something that I we've kind of talked about back and forth that I think would be separate from the retreat so that this this retreat instead of us actually like tapping i think the bigger task at hand is to have a solid curriculum that you can walk away with so that your students can thrive as tap dancers that's beautiful i love that so that's just one of the classes we're offering on wednesday the 15th so if you have if you have a crew of teachers, you can bring them to this virtual event. They can come and on Wednesday the 15th, we're gonna get so much amazing content. And then Thursday the 16th is just for studio owners again. And that is our implementation day. And basically what we're gonna do is have breakout groups where one of the six of us, the DSO Connects leaders are going to have a breakout group with a specific topic that studio owners want to work on and get done. So instead of walking away from the three days feeling overwhelmed with all the information that you've learned, you have something done and finished after the three days together. Which I think is huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I, I loved when we've done it in the years past. Like I always was like, oh my God, I've already implemented this. Like exactly. it's just, it's go, It's going to make it feel so much easier to then get jump started on the next thing. Once you get back to reality. <laughs> yes. Which is always get back home, but you're going to be the home the whole time because it's virtual. <laughs> But you know what? I saw somebody post that they were doing a virtual retreat and that they were going to rent a hotel room and go. And I was like, oh, I mean, obviously we'll be presenting, so we won't be able to do that. But I do have a couple other virtual retreats. And I was like, that is such a great idea idea. to just like have your own space and like not have kids. Like if you can, you know, obviously if you, if you babysitter or if your husband's willing to do it, like, wouldn't that be such a great thing to like give yourself a little retreat? Yeah. That's brilliant. I know. Cause even if like you're going to dance, you could still dance in your hotel room and absolutely you can move hotel furniture around. Absolutely. So I thought that was a super cool idea. Oh my gosh. That's so a great anybody idea. that's coming. Like if you're looking for a way to just make it a little bit of a getaway, that would be a really fun way to do that. Oh my God. That's brilliant. I love that so much. What a good idea. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Well, we really hope that you guys will come because yeah. I know I'm super excited to share everything. Casey, you're going to be too. doing stuff. I mean, we're all, we all have a ton of things. Um, I'm looking forward to some of them, like the marketing. I can always learn marketing. Yeah. Is not, marketing's not my strong suit. So I'm Me like, yes, neither. give them marketing. <laughs> <laughs> give Absolutely. it to me. Yes, for sure. Um, all, you can find all the information about the retreat on our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com. You can sign up. There's three different tiers. 
So whatever your budget is, you can find something that works for you. If you just want to do that Wednesday teacher day, you can do that for the lowest price point, and then it goes up from there. Um, so yeah, check out the information. Let us know if you have any questions, and we can't wait to see you. Yeah, we're super pumped. Whoop, whoop. Very pumped. All right. Well, thank you again, Amanda. This has been just delightful to chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And we will see everybody back next week for our next episode. Bye. Bye.